welcome to the Doxology Podcast. I'm Lucas Stock. And I am Jens Nelson. This is a podcast dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. Join us as we discuss and investigate theology and the Christian life, striving for unity amongst our diversity as members of Christ's church. Well, welcome back. We made it through another October. We had a great time, or at least you know, I won't speak for you, I guess, but I had a great time. It I was, was very... Right. I was very happy with uh, the topics we got to to sit down and chat about. I was very grateful and excited to get to talk with Professor, not Professor, but Mr. Trevin Trevin Wack. I was gonna like use it as like a like a not sarcastic, but like a title to just say that I really liked talking with him. But then I realized Professor is a real title for a real job. So um, anyway, uh, we had a great conversation last week with him. I would highly encourage you to listen to um, and to uh, not just listen to him talk with us there, but uh, check out his book, Thrill of Orthodoxy. It was a great conversation. It's a good book. You should read it. But we are back in the swing of things. We're in the in the cold. Well, it's been cold in the mornings, and then it's been warming up in the afternoons here. But the chillier fall months, we're, we're into November. We're getting ready for... The holiday season right around the corner, but we have to get back to our regularly scheduled programming. So, what are we talking about today, and why are we talking about it today? Yeah, well, we're talking about dreams. Um, the why is I like talking about strange things. Uh, I think our listeners know this by now. You know, we have episodes on aliens and behemoth and leviathan and everything else in between. Um, And so naturally, I was like recently having some stranger than normal dreams and was reading some different passages in the Old and New Testament. And I'm like, man, these people are dreaming. Uh, I'm dreaming. What's the deal? What are dreams? Like, biblically speaking, theologically speaking, maybe uh psychologically speaking like what the heck are they and so that's more or less you know why we're here so let's just jump into it uh obviously i think most people know what a dream is even if you don't dream um but some simple definitions here a dream is a succession of images ideas emotions and sensations that usually occur involuntarily in the mind during certain stages of sleep Humans spend about two hours dreaming per night, and dreams last around 5 to 20 minutes, although the dreamer may perceive the dream as being much longer than this. Uh, The content and function of dreams have been topics of scientific, philosophical, and religious interest throughout history. Um, Think of things like dream interpretation. This was something that was practiced by the Babylonians in the 3rd millennium BC, and even earlier by ancient Sumerians. We find it in scripture, we find it in modern contexts, humans dream. Sidebar, other animals, in theory, also dream. It was interesting, like, when I was reading about, like, you know, your dog, your cat, your llama, what, you know, your animals that you have, sometimes that you can, like, you know, your dog's, like, sleeping on its side, and it's like fast asleep. And then you've all seen the videos, I'm sure. Suddenly, like, it just like starts like freaking out and almost like running in place. And then it wakes up. So it's like, was it dreaming? Um, well, one of the one of the scientific or one of the more scientific things I read said that technically speaking, it is impossible to know with certainty 
if animals actually dream because a dream is something that we communicate verbally. It's something that, again, it happens in your mind. It's images. It's these um, these things that happen that you have to then, like, one, remember and then articulate back, which animals are not able to do. Even if we can, like, register that brain waves, like, things are happening, we don't know if they dream like we dream. Um, so that's just kind of weird, too. But, like, as far as hu humans go, you and I, Lucas, I think you and I can both safely say we're human. Um I'm sure you, to varying degrees, have have dreams and uh, maybe nightmares. Some of them, yeah. I had I had a funnily enough last night, okay, or I get early this morning. I don't know. I had I had a a somewhat stressful dream where I was just getting like really frustrated because people were being really annoying, and uh, yeah, it, it was a success. What was it? Succession of images, ideas, and emotions, and like all day I like. Like, in the dream, I got, like, really mad in a grocery store, and all day I've been, like, cringing, like, oh, man, I can't <laughs> believe how embarrassing I acted by yelling in that grocery store and then being like, oh, yeah, I have all those feelings, and, like, the memory of doing this thing didn't happen. Right. <laughs> well, that's what's so strange about dreams, dude. Like, I'm not even just talking about, like, what are dreams, like, that they happen in your mind, um, but our relation to these dreams can can be quite visceral. I mean, I'm sure many of you can can remember a time where you had a, a nightmare that was just like terrifying. You're trying to wake yourself up um, if you realize it's a dream, but you're trying to like, I, I want to get out of this. Um, and, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night and it's dark and there's creaking noises and you're just like, you can't fall back asleep. Um, it's like, where does this come from? Like, is it buried in my subconscious? Is it something that's being projected onto me? Is it demonic? Are there like outside forces that are impressed upon me and it's causing me to have this dream? I mean, we could we could take this conversation in a thousand different directions. Um, personally speaking, it, it is sort of like waxed and waned in my lifetime, um, but I'm not somebody who dreams all that regularly, or if I do, I just don't remember them. Um, it's very rare that I wake up and I'm like, oh, I remember this dream. However, I do still remember a number of very vivid dreams that I've had in my lifetime and sort of like where I was and how I responded. Um, and that like those have st stuck with me, right? Um, you know, you could talk about, we. I mean, maybe this is a whole other conversation, but you can talk about stuff like sleep paralysis and like, what is sleep paralysis and how does that pertain to dreaming? Yeah. That yeah. might be a, another one. Yeah. Cause I, yeah, there's, I feel like there's good. It's, you're sort of getting at this in some of the things, but like part of the like different directions we can take it is like, it seems like maybe not all dreams are created equal in the sense that like, is dream the best category to explain something like sleep paralysis? I would say maybe not. Right, right. But I also don't think that every dream is some kind of, you know, intense spiritual experience, good or bad. You know, like like dreaming you yelled at somebody in the grocery store probably isn't some demonic attack, right? There's probably, like... Like, I know you're shrugging and, and you're right. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, does does your dog dream? Like, you can, I don't know. You can make, make some educated, you know, some some guesses, but we can't ask it, you know. So maybe yeah. maybe, it, maybe it is a demonic attack. But um, that it, it, is, it is something like on one level rather straightforward. What is a dream? But like a lot of things we talk about, 
there's a lot of other levels in which it's not really good enough to just say, oh, it's some nighttime, you know, visual experience you have in your sleep. It's like, okay, great. Well, what's that? Yeah. Like, what's, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've heard, I've heard some crazy theories that have been put forth regarding like what dreams are. Um, One of my favorites, I don't actually like believe this, but like that when you dream, that's actually a tether to your like multiversal self. So like if the multiverse exists, when, when you dream something like that is like your subconscious or whatever, whatever's connecting you and us in the multiverse, like that is your tether to your, you know, gens on earth one, two, three, and I'm currently living on earth one or whatever. Like that's one, one theory that's been put forth, which is just kind of like really interesting if you think about it. But again, I don't think it's actually what it is. Um, but we're a theological podcast. I think most people know that, um, we don't say this very often, um, but we're, we're called the doxology podcast because like theology and good theology ought to lead to doxology. So like what we know, what we believe, um, sort of leads to what we confess. It leads to praising God, the one who, who created us, who sustains us and like, one of the like recurring themes in scripture is this way in which God even keeps us while we sleep. Like think of all the innumerable things that could happen to you while you're asleep for quite literally on average, a third of your life. If you sleep eight hours a day, your entire life, that is one third of your life that you spend asleep, resting, recuperating, you know, we know all this, but it's like the ceiling fan above you could fall from the ceiling um, an intruder could come in, um, you know, a cat could gouge out your eyeballs in a fit of hysteria and rage. I mean, like anything in theory could happen, but yet Yahweh, the, the God of the universe upholds and sustains you. I mean, you could stop breathing. You could have a heart attack. Uh, I could go into a diabetic coma because my blood sugar dips too low. Like again, any number of things could happen. Um, and so while, while, while we sleep, um, what is happening up in our minds? Like, what is it that is causing these images, these, these, uh, representations maybe of reality, or maybe they're not because sometimes, you know, in your dream, you have a different appearance or you have different friends or you do things that you wouldn't actually do in real life. And so again, naturally, when I think about dreams and how does this connect to a podcast like ours, I'm, I'm inclined to say like, well, let's talk about it theologically so that it leads to praise, so it leads to our adoration of our God who sustains us while we sleep and thus while we dream. So, um, very briefly here, I have a couple of ideas to discuss about dreaming as it pertains to scripture. So, God used dreams and visions. And so, some it, that, that, that's an interesting distinction, the distinction between a dream and a vision. Um, I saw this come up time and time again, but visions are what, what were called waking dreams. That's like an air quotes, waking dreams. Um, think of like Numbers 24.4. Uh, but God uses dreams and visions many times in the Bible to communicate with people. Um, these visions seem to have been common enough that their lack would even be noted. Um, an absence of visions was due at times to the death of prophets, for example, in 1 Samuel 3.1, and other times due to the disobedience of God's people. And so, go. Something yeah. I, I just briefly want to, because you mentioned this, the sure. distinction between a quote-unquote dream and quote-unquote vision. 
Um, I I saw this briefly as I was looking over some stuff to prepare for this conversation, and I didn't I didn't have time to to sort of follow up and track it down and and double check it. But I I came across an article that made the the claim. Like I I really just read the abstract. I didn't I didn't even read the whole article, let alone check the the verses. But um, this particular article was arguing a that that um, dream when, when quote unquote, as we say in English, dream is used to describe one of these visions. It's like derogatory. So it's like false prophets have dreams, and um, prophets who are actually hearing the word of the Lord have visions. And and he gave some citations, and and like I said, I, I haven't gone through and and looked at those or or looked more into this idea or whatever and i'm so i don't say this to say dreams are you know false prophets and visions are are are, uh uh true prophets but i just because you pointed out that distinction i wanted to throw that out there and just to you know to think about uh, along with as as we're looking at some examples of quote-unquote dreams and visions um Whatever that distinction is or or or, or could be, um, they are they do sh- it is I believe different words that are showing up you know yes, and yeah. and so like to think about why it might be the case that you you might choose to talk about a vision as opposed to a dream or vice versa, um, and then particularly to think about I think if there is some sort of distinction there that applies to like how that thing is being used, i.e. God giving a prophet a vision to tell, you know, bring the word of the Lord to the people or whatever. um, How does that fit in with, with us today? You know, with me having a dream last night or whatever like so it's something it's something to keep in mind um that i don't know how much water that argument holds but there are dreams and there are visions and and um back you know sorry for derailing but back to what you were saying like they're all over the place they are no (laughs) seriously very much very much a standard sort of experience for god's people in in the story of, of the bible so anyway yeah yeah, no, no, that's really good and helpful. I think in the end, we'll sort of, we'll talk about like, you know, we're going to talk about the ones in scripture and then we'll talk about today. Do, do they, are they different? Do, do we have the same relation that the people of scripture had to their dreams? We'll, we'll get to that. But um, specifically within the Old Testament, these dreams and these visions, uh, God uses them to reveal his plan, to further his plan. Um, sometimes to put his people in places of influence. So, for example, Abraham in, uh, in Genesis 15:1, God used a vision to restate the Abrahamic covenant, reminding him at the time Abram that he would have a son and be the father of many nations. So, sort of like this foretelling of things to come. Uh, you can look at somebody like Abimelech in Genesis 20. So Abraham's wife Sarah was very beautiful, so beautiful that when Abraham went to a new area. He, he occasionally had this fear that the local ruler would basically kill him and take Sarah for himself. And so Abraham tells Abimelech, the king of Gerar, that Sarah is his sister. 
Um, so Abimelech t- took Sarah, but God sent Abimelech a dream telling him not to touch Sarah because this was Abraham's wife. And so the king returns Sarah to her husband the next morning. Um, and so the dream protected Sarah and safeguarded God's plan for Sarah to be the mother of his chosen people. So here's an example of like man of God uh, lies and tries to deceive to like protect himself. And God's like, ah, I'm still, I'm, I'm going to get, I'm going to make sure the message is still clear. I'm going to visit this other king in a dream, right? Like pretty un- unreal. Um a couple others. Uh, it's crazy how many are in Genesis. There's a good number of dreams and visions in Genesis. But but Jacob, for example, in Genesis 28, um, with his mother's help, stole Esau's uh, you know firstborn inheritance, his birthright. So Jacob then fled Esau's anger, and on his journey, he had his famous dream of a ladder reaching to heaven, on which angels ascend and descend. And so in this dream. Jacob received God's promise that Abraham's blessing would be carried on through him. Um, the most famous dreamer, he even gets called as much, almost derogatorily, Joseph in Genesis uh, 37, kind of through 50. Um, but jo- again, Joseph is super famous for his dreams and his dream interpretation. Um, his first recorded dreams are found in Genesis 37. Uh, they showed through easily deciphered symbols that Joseph's family would one day bow to him in respect. His brothers didn't appreciate the dream and their hatred basically led them to sell their brother into slavery. Um, And eventually Joseph ends up in prison in Egypt where Pharaoh's cup bearer and baker in Genesis 40 um, while in prison, Joseph interpreted some of the dreams of these people And so with God's guidance, he explained that the cupbearer would return to Pharaoh's service, but the baker would be killed, and it came to be. Again, they're like, I had this dream about, you know, these things happening, and like, what what do they mean? And Joseph interpreted it, and it came to pass. Um, And it, it, it even reached all the way up to Pharaoh, like the king of ancient Egypt, um, two years later, again, if you remember the whole sequence, like with the cupbearer and the baker, Joseph's like, like when you're before Pharaoh, like, don't forget me. Like I helped you like get me out of here. But two years later, Joseph's still in prison. Pharaoh himself has a dream, which Joseph interprets. So God's purpose was to raise Joseph to second in command over Egypt and to save the Egyptians and the Israelites from a horrible famine. That one's pretty substantial when you think about it, because like dreams are sort of like the overarching tether for Joseph. I mean, the thing that like kickstarts his story is like the dreams he's having. His family, uh, his brothers sell him into slavery. Um, He ends up in Egypt. He's interpreting dreams for these Egyptians, reaches Pharaoh, becomes basically like Pharaoh 2.0. Well, not 2.0, but, you know, like vice Pharaoh. Um and like help sustain the land so that like people don't die in an insane famine all because of dreams that he's having and so again the we can only read and understand what scripture says we we can try to make inferences i mean like did joseph know like did god tell him that like hey you're going to be like this person that interprets dreams throughout your life or did he just have this like natural disposition disposition to to hear a story 
or to hear a dream and to be able to understand it. Like on a cognitive level, I'm just trying to understand like how Joseph is doing this. Like I recognize that it's through the gifting of like God has gifted him to do it. But like, how aware is he? Like, is he accurate every time? We never actually see an instance where Joseph is wrong in his dream interpretation. Every time it's brought up in scripture, it's like it comes to pass. Um, so before going on to the New Testament dreams and visions, do you have any thoughts you want to interject? Is there anything that stands out to you? Anything that's strange? Any any interpretations you want to offer? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean, not really. Ob- like, there's just sort of the obvious that, like, you pointed out specifically with Joseph. But I mean, every example you gave and every other example that is in the Old Testament, like the um like it's so obvious how do i even like like the dream is real or or whatever right like the the interpretate like somebody has a dream and and joseph a the person who has the dream and joseph take it seriously enough to interpret it so this goes back to like you mentioned at the beginning how people have interpreted dreams for millennia like that's that's always been something that humans have done they've ascribed meaning to their dreams outside of simply um you know well some synapses were firing in my brain and i interpret that as these sights and sounds and experiences but it doesn't all it is is my brain misfiring or firing while i'm asleep so it can you know recharge or or do you know whatever whatever we think dreams might play as a function within our sleep like it's that's less than what pretty much everyone else in history has ascribed to them and not just people got this crazy idea that you know the dreams might mean something but in the examples given that we've that we've you've mentioned and that we haven't mentioned um they do actually occur like like they they are actually apparently dreams sent from you know from wherever (laughs) but dreams given or dreams had for the purpose of um communicating some kind of not just meaning like some idea but like con like quote-unquote concrete meanings of you're going to be restored to pharaoh you know be and because you are innocent or whatever right like that's that's a series of like actual life events that then happen with that the cupbearer, right? Or like the bowing, the, the family bowing down to you know. It took it took seventeen years and a whole lot of uh, uh, bumps along the road, but like it that actually came true, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I just think it's interesting to, again, it's such an obvious point because it's like all the dreams that are recounted are recounted in scripture specifically because they're they have some significance where they reveal something god communicates through them someone is able to interpret them and that you know communicates something like think about daniel and nebuchadnezzar and all that kind of stuff and like um it's it's just like that's the assumption and i don't know off the top of my head of any time where there's some verse that says, you know, so-and-so had a dream and it didn't mean something significant. You know, it didn't have some kind of impact on their actual life in terms of like, do this, don't do that or whatever. Right. You know, 
Well, so I, I don't know. It's interesting. No, it is. And I, I failed to mention this in the beginning, but like even the existence or the ability to dream, like when you actually stop to think about it, like in creating humanity, God knowing we would need rest, we would need to sleep, we would need to to close our eyes, go into this like weird, even we haven't even talked about sleep, but like what the heck is sleep? Why do, why do we have to rest and recuperate and recover? Um, but like during this time where you're doing that, like your mind is still awake and active and somehow conjures up these images that like just have this dramatic range of like what it is, you know, people talk about lucid dreaming or recurring dreams or almost like, um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on this word? Um, like deja vu almost where it's like you dream something that almost like that happens in real life type of thing. Um, like waking dreams even I know people that have like they'll wake up and like they're awake but their mind hasn't quite like it's still in its dream reality and so it's almost like you almost see things and it takes another second before your mind fully orients back into reality Um, and so like Okay, so I mean, I'm obviously not God. I'm not setting out to create the cosmos or anything. But like when God did so in eternity past, like why did he create humanity with this ability to do this? And I think we're starting to like poke at that idea Um, because as we're seeing, like God uses these sleeping moments that uh, I was going to say waking, but it's not waking. These, These moments where you are sleeping to communicate truth, to to communicate reality, but sometimes it's so couched, it's vague, it's not clear. You have to have an interpreter, like for the cupbearer, for for the baker. It was all these like weird image. I, f- I should have brought up the actual passages, but it was like you know, uh, these. Well, I know for the pharaoh, it was like all these dead things kept popping up, and he's like, "What do all these dead things mean?" And it's like, "Well, it means famine, right?" Like he, he didn't immediately understand its meaning. And so he had to go find somebody that could interpret it for him. So it's like, okay, well, God, if you're going to be like giving dreams to people, why not just make it crystal clear? Why does it have to be couched in these like symbols and imagery that. Yeah. And alternatively, alternatively, like, like not to jump ahead, but like, I think of one example in the new Testament um, where, the I think it's an angel appears to Joseph in a dream and says, you know, go to Egypt. Uh, Herod's trying to kill the, the child or whatever. And it's like that is a very different kind <laughs> of, you know, uh, like visitation like, almost. Right. Yeah. Like that's a very different. Um, it, it, it's like you're saying it's it's straightforward, clear there. There could be no ambiguity because in that case quote unquote in a dream whatever that means a a you know an intelligent being is just telling something to joseph we aren't said like through images he told joseph and maybe he did you know maybe maybe luke was just cut into the chase maybe. kind of you know fine like like i don't have a problem with 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 saying that that you know but like the way it's described right the just just the way the story is told as opposed to you know, Daniel tells Nebuchadnezzar what needs to happen, right? Like, like there's the, with Nebuchadnezzar's dream specifically, like I'm thinking of the one, I think it's the second dream, but um, it's the one where, where Daniel's, you know, Daniel's message is, hey, you know, 
there's this tree stump and there are all these, you know, it's been cut down, but there's a band put around it. So it'll grow back of it, you know, and he's like, you're the tree, you're the tree. You're going to get cut down and, and, you know, humiliated if you don't repent. And then, so he's like, repent, stop, you know, calling yourself God and this won't happen or don't repent and it will. And then we're told that he doesn't repent and then he lives like a beast for seven years or whatever. But like, there's a dream where if Daniel had not told Nebuchadnezzar, it, that's very different than an angel appearing to Nebuchadnezzar and saying, listen, you need to repent for X, Y, Z, and then leaving, and then Nebuchadnezzar choosing to listen or not. Like with Joseph, hey, you need to get up and go. And he does he does listen, you know, thankfully, because he was a faithful man and all that stuff. But it is a very different kind of dream. And side note, you know, the angel appears to Joseph, and we're told that... The dream that uh, that the watchers bring Nebuchadnezzar that dream, like they're the ones in the dream announcing, like this tree is is going to cut. You know, the watchers, like there's this and there's this angelic intermediary where it's not just. I'm not saying it's not ever like you mentioned with Abraham, but like it's not just um, God, quote unquote, directly visiting someone in a dream or a vision, but um, but communicating through his, through his messengers, the angels, where where it's, you know, Gabriel or whoever talking to Joseph and so on and so on. Yeah. So yeah, so it's it's weird where it's like it's it a what you're saying. It's weird that or, I mean, it's all weird. Or somebody could say, oh, that's not weird, but whatever. But like, it's true that it's often um, very important matters are delivered through you know symbolic imagery sure and what's weird is that that's not always the case because there are also dreams where the angel just tells you to get up and go to egypt and it's like all right all right i'm listening i'm listening and so and so yeah there's this there where it's not just one or the other but there are examples of both kinds of messages being delivered clearly and messages being delivered not so clearly and and needing an interpreter someone who can needing an interpretation which is apparently something not everyone can do <laughs> yeah so yeah well and I, let's like read between the lines of scripture just a little bit like again these are real people in real time in real space who maybe dreamt every night like so some nights where you just having like boring mundane dreams about yelling at people in your local market or your local grocery store like lucas last night like was ever like so we we lack the context of history right we're not ancient babylonians we're not ancient mesopotamians we're not ancient israelites or egyptians or anything like that um and so we have to accept the reality that like they lived in a different time in a different place with different cultural assumptions and beliefs and so maybe dreaming was something that was held in a different light or it was seen as more you know demonic or problematic or maybe just like I don't know, like the way that we relate to our dreams, I'm sure has shifted and changed and evolved throughout human history. But let's talk about these New Testament examples real quick, because I have something I want to say in response to what you said. So New Testament dreams and visions also served to provide information that was unavailable elsewhere, right? Specifically, he God, he used visions and dreams to identify Jesus and to establish his church. Um, so like Zechariah in Luke 1, God used a vision to tell him, and who, who was an old priest, that he would soon have an important son. 
and not long after, his wife Elizabeth had John the Baptist. Um, Speaking of Joseph, uh, Joseph would have divorced Mary when he found out she was pregnant, but God sent an angel to him in a dream, convincing him that the pregnancy was of God. Joseph went ahead with the marriage, and after Jesus was born, God sent two more dreams, one to tell Joseph to take his family to Egypt so Herod could not kill Jesus, and another to tell him when Herod was dead and he could return. So first of all, Joseph, again, being just another casual Joe, (laughs) pun intended, living back in the day, probably had dreams every night, or at least most nights. I mean, who's to say, right? And so one, one thought that I had is like, uh, Joseph, my dude, like when you wake up from that dream where God, in again, if you're, I'm thinking purely from my perspective and my relation and experience to dreams where they're like weird, weird stuff happens. I'm like, wh- I don't know you. How, how, where is your face coming from? And why am I mad at you or why, whatever? Like, you know, we had these weird dreams. So if I'm, if I'm trying to translate that onto Joseph, the night that he woke up from an angel visiting him, telling him, oh yeah, by the way, the girl you're about to marry, she's pregnant by God. Like, you think I'm going to wake up and believe that? I'm going to be like, what a silly dream, right? Or or I'm going to tell, like, I'm gonna, am I really going to tell somebody about it? I don't think yeah, so. I'm not going to yeah. say that out loud. <laughs> right, like, it just seems absurd. It seems kind of insane. And so, again, maybe there was, like, a different baseline of, like, Joseph has a dream like this and just instinctually knew when he woke up that, like, that was real. That's something I need to believe, something that I need yeah. to act on. I wonder, too, along those lines in terms of sort of trying to, within our limits, trying to decode, like, like, it's obvious reading the text, right? Like, just like Joseph's dreams or Pharaoh's dreams or Abraham's dreams, like, these dreams that, that, or the other Joseph, just like Joseph, the, you know, guardian of the Lord, just like his dream, you know, just like those Old Testament examples, these dreams he experienced that communicated these messages to him had real significance and it was, and, and what what it was was true. Like, that's obvious because those things happen. Herod was dead. You can go back. Herod's going to kill Jesus. You need to go down, whatever. But what's interesting is, like, I think about, so, uh, you know, the Annunciation to the Virgin, uh, the visions in Revelation to John, right? I And part of me is like, not that I have any experiential way of imagining or categorizing this, but like the, the angel appears to Joseph in a dream and says, this pregnancy is of God, you know, says go to Egypt and so on. And so the difference, I like speculating and sort of trying to somewhat randomly, you know, get into Joseph's brain or whatever. The difference between that and the dream he had the week before about something, you know, catching some weird fish on the lake or something. I don't know. Like the difference, like it seems to me you could imagine like, oh, well, the difference is an angel appeared to him. And we know that, like, the angel actually appeared to him, right? Because it came true, and, and it, you know, that's what, the, that's what the, the story is communicating. So let's, let's just assume that. Like, I, part of me, like, I look at what John does in Revelation over and over again. I look at what pretty much anybody does anywhere in the Bible when an angel appears to them. Like, it's, I don't know, like, it's clear 
that this isn't, you know, a heavenly being, you know, who's appearing to you and is speaking to you. And like, I, I would imagine, and this is based off again, no real like way, like nothing to really base this on other than just sort of piecing other things together. But I, I, I suspect coming face to face with an angel is a very clear experience, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And so I can imagine where Joseph wakes up that day and he, there for whatever, like, phenomenologically in Joseph's brain, whatever that means, right, whether he just has a, a gut feeling that's different or it's it's more vivid or he experienced it more like a face-to-face physical conversation, you know, whatever it meant to for this to happen, like, I imagine him waking up that next morning and, like there being the difference think you know like last night i had a dream versus last night an angel appeared to me in a dream right and like i basically what i'm trying to say is like i would want to speculate that there's some sort of experiential phenomenological difference in those two events where you you are a, you would be able to know, you know, I met an angel. And the reason I suspect that is because all over the place we see people meeting angels and worshiping them like gods until the angels are like, hey, I'm not God, I'm just an angel, you know, like, and that says to me that there's something about them that's that's overwhelming or glorious and striking and it makes sense, heavenly beings, whatever, whatever. So maybe there's that there's that, you know, where, where like the dream, the dream that a prophet has, the dream that Joseph has, either of the Josephs, whatever, like that there's something fundamentally different about a dream slash vision wherein God, either directly or through his angels, is communicating a message to you yeah. versus just, quote unquote, just a more average or typical dream that you might have and and then here's where you know there's another fork in the road of the conversation and might like may or may not have significance maybe yeah that if you were to if you were to think back and reflect on it like just because it's not something that an angel is communicating to you to me doesn't mean that there's necessarily no no value in interpreting the meaning of it sure but i wouldn't you know uproot my family and move to egypt (laughs) if i had if i quote unquote just had a dream where we did that and then woke up the next morning and just packed our bags and go as opposed to something else where i have this presumably somewhat overwhelming spiritual experience where i'm actually speaking with an angel sure and they're telling me something um well, to, to draw yeah, a quick connection, to draw a quick connection, and this will probably get to, this is maybe revealing some of my cards, but think of someone like Joseph Smith. What is it with the name Joseph? Like, apparently, you know, listeners out there, confirm or deny, if your name is Joseph, do you have, like, absurd dreams? Well, I don't know. So Joseph Smith, um, the founder of Mormonism, said that an angel was the one that had directed him in a dream to the buried golden tablets that described, you know, all the things that like eventually led to like creating Mormonism. So it's like, 
we could say several things about Joseph Smith. One, we could say he was just flat out lying and like not telling the truth. We could say like he had some sort of dream that like something happened that led him to a place where he actually found something. I mean, all of that's kind of hard to say. But my the point being like, we're going to get to this point of like, well, what are dreams today versus what we have here in scripture that we're seeing? So let me just give a couple other final examples and then we'll sort of get to like practical application today. Um, the one that I found like the most interesting, maybe not most, but like especially fascinating is Pilate's wife in Matthew 27. During Jesus's trial, Pilate's wife sent an urgent message to the governor encouraging him to free Jesus. Why, you might ask? Well, her message was prompted by a dream she had, or you might say a nightmare even, that convinced her that Jesus was innocent and that Pilate should have nothing to do with his case. Like, whoa. Like, pagan wife of the ruler has dream about Lord of the Universe. <laughs> and like, whoa. Like, talk about headline crazy movie drama. Um... And we all know how that went. Jesus was crucified, but like it was supposed to happen. So it's like, well, then why did she have this dream or nightmare trying to get Jesus freed? Like who, who sent the dream? What's the deal? I don't know. That's what made it like especially interesting to me. Um, you can think of other people like Peter. Um, this is more of that like vision, which is, again, if we're going to differentiate, this is, Again, not based on what Lucas said earlier. I would like to explore that perhaps at a later time. But like dream being sleeping, vision being like waking. You're awake, but you're receiving a vision. Um, so Peter in Acts 10, while he's praying on the rooftop in the house in Joppa, God gives him a vision of, of animals lowered in something like a sheet. And a voice from heaven tells him, kill the animals, some of which were unclean and eat them. And so the vision served to show that Christians are not bound by kosher law and that God had pronounced Gentiles clean. That is, heaven is open to all who follow Jesus. So like God uses this like vision. Again, it's probably not actually happening. There's probably not actual things falling from the sky that other people can see, but Peter can see it and he understands like its meaning and then application. Um, we could talk about Paul, his many, many missionary uh journeys he has visions um one sent him to preach in macedonia um, another encouraged him to keep preaching in corinth uh god even gave him a vision of heaven in second corinthians 12 1 through 6 and then lastly john in like all of revelation <laughs> uh basically has one super long waking dream he has a vision um while he's exiled on the island of patmos he has his his vision explains in more detail some of the events that like are going to occur and obviously as any christian probably knows revelation is chuck full with just like really clear and easy to understand teaching and that's the end of that no john has these ridiculous visions of what's to come and it has been the source of debate for the last 2000 years so we still don't know what joseph or sorry what uh, john's dream means entirely we can conjecture, we can guess, we can theorize, but that's like the one dream that has yet to be interpreted correctly, uh, dispensationalists. Um, but I digress. Um, anyway, as we've seen both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, God uses dreams. God uses visions. If we're going to differentiate between sleeping and waking, 
there is a some sort of thing that is going on on a cognitive level where you are seeing things that in actuality are not real and tangible and like form on this plane of existence and god had like real meaning and purposes to it and so the question naturally like many questions in scripture is does this happen today are there people today that dream and it is like on the same level like do people have dreams in war-torn areas of the world where god tells them you need to uproot your family right now and go well maybe i don't know i mean who knows i I, on some level i am unsure um one thing that i found and this is something that like is really fascinating i don't quite know what to make of it um but i think of like especially our brothers and sisters in other parts of the world um most predominantly i think of places like india and africa um, and other countries surrounding there where like it seems like god uses dreams to bring people to himself like you hear all kinds of testimony um that especially africans testify that they began their search for god or they they came to faith in christ after having a special dream like where they say like jesus visited them in a dream so it's like, does God move in particular ways in particular areas of the world to reach people? Maybe. I don't know. I don't I don't want to just think that a bunch of people are out there lying or trying to get clicks on the internet or something. Um and so you're left wondering. Like I'm sitting here, I'm I'm in to reveal my cards, uh I'm somebody who when I do dream, it's usually like I remember it anyway, when I'm in an unusual place. I'm sleeping in a hotel or I fell asleep on the couch, or like right now, we're house sitting um, for some friends. And so like, I'm sure I'm going to have a weird dream tonight, because I'm in, like in a weird room in a weird bed. Does that mean that my dreams, like if, if God or an angel or something were to come to me in the dream and tell me something that I should heed that message? How would I know? Is there a way to interpret? Can I ask somebody? Like, these are the things that like, I'm not entirely certain of. However, what I am certain of is that God has revealed himself in his word. He's even revealed himself in moving writers of the Old and New Testament to recount countless times where people have these very real and natural dreaming experiences. And so, like, I, I, I want to be cautious of saying that, like, dreams can be God speaking. Again, I think of someone like Joseph Smith, and I think, well, there were a lot of things that Joseph Smith was wrong about, and so I don't know if his quote-unquote dream or vision of this angel visiting him was real. I don't want to call him a flat-out liar. I don't want to say he just made it all up, but maybe there was something else going on mentally. I don't know, but what I I do want to say is like, ugh. Like when, when there are, when there are these moments of like further revelation has been given, like, oh, we've uncoded this new message that like has been left off the Bible for 2000 years. And like, I received it in a dream, um, or, you know, God told me in a dream, um, that I need to leave my wife and marry this other person. Or like, you, you hear things like that, like from time to time. And it's like, oh man, I just, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I trust that. But again, still, like on the other hand, like it sounds like Jesus visits people in different parts of the world in dreams, or at least maybe a messenger of God. So like, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think think that for one, and this is especially for, you know, people in our context, our cultural 
societal context, like the the I think if you were to sort of take a, a, a general like pulse of sort of the you know pseudo philosophy of the culture that that we're a part of, like generally dreams don't really have this sort of meaning and significance um really just because they they are at least in my experience pretty much exclusively explained in terms of our own like like neurological uh aspects of our of our brain but also just like like more generally like our mind right like we're evaluating subconsciously we're evaluating you know experiences we had during the day and trying to make sense of it and you know those sorts of things and like like i be- i think this goes back to like freud i mean one of freud's first major books was the interpretation of dreams and um i found a quote apparently from i think the i think the end of um that book i haven't read it but I, I want to. It's, it seems very important to like get a grasp on sort of like a lot of the ways that that our culture today thinks or whatever. But yeah, it just seems like like there, so. There's this quote where he talks about how dreams are the basically like the royal path, like like the the best path to like understanding yourself. And it's just a complete 180. It what was interesting to me was not so much the specifics of like how does Freud interpret dreams or what are the tools that a psychoanalyst would use to um, decipher various symbolic uh, imagery in a dream or something like that. Like that's very interesting to, to think about and to learn about, I'm sure. But like, but like what I'm thinking about more is just the, the 180 that that represents from this and and this is true of 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 the the Hebrews as well as the pagans. Um, the God or the gods or some higher spiritual being is using this mechanism to communicate something to me, and like that's why Pharaoh wants his dream interpreted and why he asks his uh, magicians to do it. Like. Like, magician, it's kind of an unfortunate translation. Like, those were the priests. Their job was to read the, the religious books and to interpret the dream. Like, like there's a, you know, there's a lot going on in that story that that uh, has to do with, you know, Egyptian religion and stuff. And Nebuchadnezzar and, and the, the cupbearer and the baker, right? Like, there's a reason that they're not, that they're ask they're seeking an interpretation, right? Like, we can ask, like, well, why do they need one? Why is it unclear? But even more so, like, they recognize this as something we could say they're recognizing the, the importance or the meaning or the value of dreams as something external to them, right? Like, they're seeking to interpret dreams for the sake of understanding what they ought to do or what is being communicated to them by a deity or something like that, as opposed to us today— if anyone believes that dreams hold any kind of like meaning, if you could actually interpret them, it seems that by and large you're going to get, well, that meaning is understanding what's going on in your brain, right? There's some kind of, you know, maybe there's some kind of 
therapeutic value to understanding why you dreamt this dream because exploring and analyzing this dream will give us some insight into why um, you or, or like why you had that dream will give some insight into unresolved conflict you have in your relationships or something. And that might be true. I'm not saying that that's not true, but like it's the, the focus is inward, right? Because, well, dreams are explained by some kind of collection of electrical firings in my brain. So any meaning has to be like almost by definition contained within myself, right? Like it, it's this, it's this internal biological process that interacts with my consciousness. And so I had, so that it takes on like, you know, images that I experience as like a storyline or something. And so I need to get my, I get, I need to get to know myself better by sifting through and deciphering my own dreams versus there's something I need to know that's being given to me from outside of myself. And I think that that's what's important for for us is the danger is, oh, well, look at the Bible or look at, look at human history. Dreams are important. Dreams are significant and they hold significant, like real significance for how we live our life, what we believe, all of that kind of stuff. Therefore, the next time I have a dream, I'm going to write it down and I'm going to try to figure out what's going on in my mind to figure out whether I should pack up and move to Egypt. And, and, and the problem I see with that is dreams have significance and meaning, and I'm comfortable saying that they are always or sometimes um, provided by spiritual beings I'm open to the idea of that being a good or a bad thing, depending on the dream. Um, but we don't see people interpreting their own dreams, really. And so that's what I would say is, is any meaning, it's not going to be something that is some kind of isolated, individualized, like, like you said, new revelation or something, right? Like, that doesn't match up with what we know to be true from scripture in terms of other things. Think about like Joseph Smith. Um, but it also doesn't match up with the way people seem to deal with dreams in biblical examples, right? So it seems to me like that's, a, that's an issue where we have this individualized, internal, look inward disposition towards dreams and so the danger, I think, is all of a sudden ascribing meaning to dreams, but, but quote-unquote discovering that meaning with that same disposition of, I'm just going to sit down and look inward and figure out some kind of life-altering message that I need to yeah. decipher. But that doesn't seem to be how it works in the examples of dreams that have life-altering messages like yeah. it seems to be a little bit different where it's obvious because an angel is is there or there's other people involved sure it's not just pharaoh sitting on his own throne and figuring it out right, right. it's a holy man of god and that's a whole other piece that that we haven't mentioned but like you know yeah joseph well, is a righteous man and he understands his dream 
Nebuchadnezzar is not, and he doesn't, right? I think that's probably significant too. And so, like, don't do it alone is what I'm saying. Yeah. But I, th- but I do think that it's it's difficult for me to look at just the sheer number of dreams in, like, human stories of, of myth and stuff. But, but in, in scripture specifically, it's difficult for me to say, yeah, they probably don't mean anything. Yeah. That just something something that something that God used to do, like things are different now. I don't know. I, I I have a hard time understanding how or why we would want to say that. Like yeah, just based on the data, just based on the 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 text, you know. Right. And this th- what we've said here, dude. Like this, just like barely, 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 barely scratches the surface of what you could read about dreams. Again, there's like twenty thousand different. N- tributaries we could have taken in in our discussion about like what they are you know psychologically sociologically whatever but i found a really interesting i i never heard of this before so this i'm curious if you've heard of this or not there's this really interesting book i I don't even know if i want to try to pronounce the latin name but i'm going to try somniali danielis i probably i'm sorry all of our latin friends it basically means the dreams of daniel And so it's a manual explaining the meaning of dreams. And so it was originally, it was originally written in Latin. The book was dedicated to the prophet Daniel from the Old Testament, but not attributed to him as the author. Um, Basically, an explanation that's been posited is that it's dedicated to Daniel because he was sort of considered to be like the quote unquote father um, of the dream sciences and his prophetic visions served as inspiration to this sort of thing. And so what this book was, it was a very important work or book during the middle ages for explaining dreams, specifically in identification of meaning and transferable knowledge. And so even though the church attempted various bans on divination, the interpretation of dreams through dream books was popular Um, And so the first manuscript, according to scholars, was likely written in the 5th century, and the text was repeatedly distributed and remained popular until the 16th century. We're talking the 5th to the 16th centuries, this book on dreams and dream interpretations. Um, And so this, this book is a basic glossary. It has key terms that correspond to a theme or content. Um, so it's it's arranged alphabetically. It, it followed a concise interpretation of the dream. And so you'd see stuff like what type of creatures, what type of objects, what type of events, and how that paired with whether the vision would be interpreted as positive or negative. Um, it also contained tests by which the importance of the dream could be ascertained. These tests included questioning such as the time of night that they dreamed or if they had overeaten before bed. Um, these manu- these manuscripts were, were color coded, for example, um, to, to show like, um, you know, red being good, you know, green being good or something. Um, but I found that like incredibly fascinating, like specifically Christians using this book in dream interpretation approximately from the fifth to 16th centuries. Have you ever heard of this thing, dude? Like I said, I had never heard of the, the dreams of Daniel. No, I don't think so. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I did see, like, uh, in a little bit of research for this episode, just, like, um, we've talked a lot about dream interpretation in, like, you know, 
the biblical story especially but like we haven't used the word that that you just used divination and sort of the the connection between you know like i said like pharaoh asks his magicians his court priests to to decipher to interpret the dream because that's part of you know it, there's that link between that the 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 assumption i guess being the there's some spiritual dimension to dreams um, but but more specifically to this, now I haven't heard about this book. <laughs> I want to find a copy and read it. That sounds so interesting. But uh, I don't I don't really have any thoughts because I just I just don't. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not quite sure what what to do with it in any direction. I, I don't know. But yeah, that maybe, is yeah. Maybe if we could find a copy, we'll do an episode someday on the the oh we should the dreams of Daniel and just sort of look at some of the like oh you know you saw this. You know, you you saw a, a three leaf coat, a three leaf clover walking through a meadow, and this is what that means. And so, like, I don't know, just be like really kooky to think of like middle age, you know, Europe or something, and what how people were interpreting their dreams. Um, but anyway, I mean, I think we've sort of like s- said as much as we can say as it pertains to this particular avenue that we approach the topic of dreams. Um, you know, even the way that we sometimes use like, oh, I, I dream one day of owning a house. I dream one day of having this car. Like it's almost like this wishful fantasy or this wishful hope or expectation of thing in the future. Um, like there's so many different ways we could have talked about this. But I think at, in the end, like I said, and like you said very well just a few minutes ago, like I think dreams are more than they appear. I think we should be careful in how we try to make sense of our dreams um but i definitely think that, are, that there's something to them like the fact that god created humans with this ability i don't think that like dream interpretation was only relegated to the old and new testament um i just don't know exactly how we can go about interpreting dreams accurately understanding them in the same type of way that you know joseph and uh pilot's wife etc 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 how they viewed their own dreams in relation to uh the real world so to speak so anyway i don't know this was a very like when i had the idea i was like i just i think i had had a weird dream it's funny because like i don't even remember two weeks removed now like what prompted me to be like hey we should talk about dreams um but like it's it's it fits that theme that i've been enjoying of these peculiar conversations these like these things that we all experience, but maybe we don't think about as deeply as we ought to. And so I hope in the end that like this has done that for you. Um, uh, I think, I think in the end, like be careful, enjoy your dreams. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what else to say. So we'll, we'll just close. If, if this was interesting to you, like, let us know, um, maybe even some of the the weird dreams you've had maybe you're somebody out there living in part of the world and you have been visited by jesus or a messenger in a dream like we'd love to hear more about that like what was that like how visceral was it whatever shoot us an email so thank you for listening to us talk about our dreams and our future aspirations um, on the doxology podcast if you want to connect with us you can hit us up on twitter and instagram and threads at doxology podcast or send us an email, please. We want to hear about your dreams. Send us an email at doxologypodcast at gmail.com. Send us your feedback, questions, episode ideas, whatever it is. At the end of the day, we'd love to hear from you. We hope you're having good dreams. Like, I hope you're not having nightmares every night. So be safe. 
don't eat too much before you go to bed and be well.